thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Welcome, we do a, a series of talks throughout the, the year and at the moment we're looking at the, the subject of the Holy Spirit. You know, we often have heard in prayers, maybe at school or in other places, about the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's films in Hollywood that have made a bit of a joke of it at, at weddings where they've gone marriage and talked about Father, Son and the Holy Goat, I think it is in four weddings and a funeral, or, or different things like that. But actually, this morning, we recognise that there's three parts to who God is. It's three separate people. It's the Father, it's the Son, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And actually, as a church, we want to know um, what it was like to be in that church at the very beginning when they received at Pentecost the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us we can be filled with the fullness of who God is. And that's an amazing and mind-blowing thought, really. And actually, that should grow us. So last week, we looked at being fruitful. This week, I want to just uh, talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit sets free and transforms. So you might not think you're chained up this morning, or you might not think you're trapped, but the Holy Spirit sets free. One of my favourite Christmas films growing up was A Christmas Carol, with Albert Finney as Scrooge. Anyone else a fan? Okay. I'm, I'm putting myself in a certain demographic now, aren't I? Some of the younger people are like, what? Not just the Muppets. Um, no, Albert Finney's A Christmas Carol. My sister got me into it. The songs were great. And it's a story that's been told in so many different ways and so many different styles. Um, So if Muppets can recount a story well, so can I, okay? That's what I would say. The songs in the version I used to watch were brilliant. And the story itself was of total transformation. Of Scrooge going from this um, really miserly, miserable, grumpy person into this person who realises it's not too late to change. It's not too late to change, you know. And when someone is invited to look at what life has been really like and what life has to become and what life will continue to be if something isn't done, there is transformation. Would you agree? When we look at what life has been like and what life is like and what life could continue to be, there needs to be change more often than not. And the Bible tells me the Holy Spirit can be that change. But as a fairly young boy, when I watched it, So I'm not putting myself in the same demographic as everybody, because I was a young boy when I watched it. Um, (laughs) The scenes that scared me the most were the scenes where Jacob Marley appears rattling chains at the beginning, going, okay? And just for anyone who's a quiz nerd, if you're ever asked how many ghosts visit Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, it is four, not three, because Jacob Marley is another of the ghosts that visits him, just... If if you ever need that piece of useless information. But that first scene where he appears rattling chains, and then the scene where Scrooge is shown all the chains that he's making for himself in living the life he lives. Yeah? 
is shown this massive chain that just keeps coiling around him and weighing him down and, and weighing him down even more. The chains of his friend and the massive chains for him are what suddenly wakes him up and starts his transformation into the jolly, loving old man from that miser Scrooge. Now, I'm not saying this morning that you're all Scrooges or Grinches, okay? I'm not saying that you're a Scrooge. But if we honestly are to look at our lives, then there are things that we do that will trap us in chains. And if we're not careful, we'll trap us in chains and with no seeming hope or escape. When actually, the Bible and God tells us you were made to be free. You were made to be free. You were made to have life to the full. You were designed to be free. We've been spending the last few weeks already looking at the Holy Spirit. We've looked at who he is and we looked at what the Holy Spirit does and we continue that as we recognise he sets us free. So I'm going to read some verses from 2 Corinthians. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to them. If you haven't, they'll be on the screen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 18 says this. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, there's some complicated stuff in those verses. If you've not been to church or you don't know the story that's linked to, then you think, what on earth is that going on about? So there's a bit of context. Exodus chapter 34 tells us the story of Moses. Moses collected the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai and came down, and it says this, Exodus 34, verses 29 to 35. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. In other words, he had been spending time in God's presence, and it physically affected him. Spending time in the presence of God physically affected him. It caused his face to radiate something. And so much so that it scared the Israelites. It says this, when, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. So there's a bit of context. Moses came down the mountain, his face was radiant, it scared the Israelites, so he started wearing a veil to protect them. So probably, you know, when they came to see him afterwards, he'd be there with like this on, so he could just about see. Some people are thinking that's a big improvement. Okay. But basically, he would wear a veil. Now that veil was a barrier, it separated. It separated Moses' face from the people of Israel. But did you notice in the verses, when he went into the presence of God, he took the veil off. 
because actually there was no need for a barrier between him and God. There was no need for a blockage between him and God. Our God is a God who can tear down walls, who can tear down barriers and break chains. It, was not, it wasn't the tablets of stone with the rules on them that made Moses different. It was the presence of God. It was being in the presence of God that made Moses different. So maybe some people would prefer me, as I say, to do it. We, we often joked that uh, my picture was put over the fire to stop children going near it. Um, but I think that's a bit cruel, really. Recently, as a society, we were asked to wear masks, yeah? Or veils on our faces to protect others to an LA fears. And actually, it felt quite restrictive, didn't it? And people opposed it. And the stories of children who, for two years, didn't see strangers' faces other than that. And so actually they had no idea of expression, they had no idea of communication because it felt restricted, it felt like there was a blockage. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says when people hear about Moses, a veil doesn't just cover their faces, it covers their hearts. And actually that's one of the stories of our society is that often people have put a veil over their hearts. They've blocked the way to their heart. They don't want to know. They don't want to hear. They're blocking the truth. Now, Roz struggles to sleep if she can see any sign of light, okay? So she's got a variety of these masks, okay? I stole this one off her this morning because I couldn't find another one. So she has this mask to stop any light from breaking through, okay? And it's a bit freaky when you wake up next to you in the morning and go, oh, my days, there's a fox in bed, okay? And I don't mean that in a dubious way, okay? Okay? Panda, it was this morning, panda eyes. Why does she wear it? Because it's a barrier. It's a barrier to stop that light from waking her up and disturbing her sleep. And so she has decided to put this barrier in place to make life a bit easier for her. And many of us have put barriers in our hearts in place and we think it's going to make life easier for us. But actually what it does is it stops us from really accepting the truth of God. It stops us from being woken up, if you like, by the truth of God. I'll give you an example. I'm going to ask for a volunteer. Who's a volunteer? Who, who, who will volunteer for me? Oh, Francis. Okay. Come on, Francis. I'll let Francis do this. So she's always quick to answer a question. Give her a round of applause as she comes up. Okay. So... Okay, so Francis, I want you to wear this mask. Is that all right, Ros? I should ask permission first. Okay, so you're not uh, COVID positive or anything like that, are you? Okay, so I want you to put it on. Can you see anything? Um, only if I look right down at Right, well, don't look right down at your toes. I want you to roll your sleeves up and hold your arms out for me, okay? I've given Francis a barrier, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a variety of aftershaves to smell, Okay? <laughs> And I want you to mark them out of 10 after you've smelt them, okay? So I need you to have your hands so you can't see them and so you can't see me. Can you see me? No. That's good, okay. So here's the first one. So here is the first one. It's running low if anyone wants to buy me some more, okay? So here you go, Francis. I'm going to hold this up here. Okay, give that a rub in. Smell it. What would you give that out of 10? Be very careful. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> Steve, you, where's Steve? Oh, he's gone upstairs. Steve Pacey said I smelled that nice the other day. Give us a mark out of 10, Francis. Three. 
Three. Three. <laughs> okay, three out of ten. Right. Well, no, that's the starting point. So here you go. Let's, it might go down from here. Okay, here's another one. Hold your hand up. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I've not got any brute or old spice, I'm sorry. Another three. Another three, right, okay. So here's the next one, okay. I've only got four, Francis. And I know I've not got a palate cleanser, okay. So just, we'll just do it this way, okay. It's all right. Four. A four, ooh. Can I just say, do you ever mark exams or anything? <laughs> Alan, she's not going to be adjudicating any exams you're in, I don't worry. To, I used to. You used to? Did they all fail? <laughs> Just out of interest. Okay, okay. And the last one, okay? So, hold your hand up, okay? Okay, I'll just give you one. Okay. Mark out of ten. It's not as bad as the first two. <laughs> so what would you give it out of ten? Uh, four. A four, okay. Right, I'm going to let you have a tea towel. You can wipe your arms if you really want to. Brill. So what I did there, just to explain why I did it, is I gave Francis a barrier, okay? This was a barrier that stopped her from seeing what was true. So Francis, the first aftershave that I gave you was CK free, and it's nearly empty, and you rudely insulted it. <laughs> And gave it three out of ten. It probably smells better on you. Ooh! Stop flirting with me, Francis. My wife's over there. I'm taken. Right. Sorry if you're visitors. Okay, ring. She liked it. She put a ring on it, okay? So, yeah, but if it's for men, it's supposed to attract... Well, the Lynx effect yeah, obviously doesn't work. Okay, so you don't like the smell of yourself, is what you're saying. Right, okay. So the first one was CK3, you can, uh, the second one was Hugo, oh, the second one, no, the second one was this one from Next, okay, oh, and actually I have to say, it's not my favourite, you can see there's quite a lot left in there, but it's okay, you gave it a 3 out of 10, the third one was Hugo Boss, which you gave a 4 out of 10, okay, so that must be the one I have to start wearing now, okay, and the very last one, Francis, was actually um, One Cal Frylight, okay. <laughs> Which you actually gave four out of ten. Yeah, because it didn't smell as nasty. You gave, you gave that, that costs me about a pound, from B&M Bargains, four out of ten, yeah. and you gave this Only three out of ten, which costs nearly 30 pounds, I think, from some perfume shop. So can I just suggest, gents, this will win every time. If anybody wants a date with Francis, she loves the smell of chips. Okay? She loves the smell of chips. I'll have to warn Warren because he's just started working in McDonald's. So, okay. Thank you, Francis. Okay, for being a sport. But can I just suggest something? If I'd have shown her the bottles, do you think there'd have been a different reaction? Yeah. Of all of them, I suspect, because actually sometimes there's something nice about how it's presented, isn't it? But the truth would only be seen without the barrier. Would you agree? 
The truth of what was going on there would only be seen without the barrier that was in place. And actually, Paul writes to this church in Corinth and says, when people hear about Moses, a veil covers their hearts, a barrier. Do you know this morning, when our society hears about Jesus, a veil covers their hearts. They automatically go, I don't want to know. Or maybe they just go, oh, it's a bit of a joke. You've got, to be a bit, you've got to leave your brain at the door to believe in Jesus. That isn't true. There's people who are far more intelligent than, than everyone in this room who believes and trusts in Jesus Christ and the God who made the universe. So Paul writes about a barrier. He knows about the law and the old covenant. They know, but something stops them from being open to the transforming power of God. You know, barriers are good for different things, aren't they? Barriers can be used as protection at an event. You can have a barrier put up to protect. Have you ever been to a red carpet event where you've stood watching celebrities go into a film premiere in Leicester Square? There's barriers up. You can't get near them. They're protected. They're special. Maybe there's rooms you can't go in because there's security there. The veil is a barrier. It stopped the people from seeing God's glory. The veil stopped the people from seeing God's glory. The veil in your heart this morning might stop you from seeing God's glory. If we've covered our impressions, if we've covered our decisions, if we've said to actually, I am not even going to give it the slightest thought, then you've already put a barrier in front of seeing God's glory at work in your life. But also, if you know Jesus, if you are a Christian, we can still put barriers in place. The veil stopped the people seeing God's glory. There was a curtain that stopped people from going into the holiest of holies in the temple. And when Jesus died, what happened to it? It ripped in two because Jesus died to give us access to the fullness of God. Jesus' death and resurrection paid the price so that we might live and we're free to go in his presence at any time. I want to draw attention to just a couple of points this morning and then I'll sit, well, I won't sit down, I'll stand up and play the piano. The verses say this, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. It says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. In other words, if you say today, do you know what? I am making a decision to turn to Jesus. Your heart will be lifted. The blockage in it will be lifted. It will stop you from hardening your heart. But, you know, the biggest barrier that God wants to tear down is the one we've put in our hearts, minds and lives. It doesn't say the veil is lifted. It says it's totally taken away. It says it's removed. It's not just flapping around in the breeze. It's gone. The barrier is down. So the first thing is this. Whenever anyone turns to God, our hearts are softer. Second thing is this. It says the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Again, it's repeating what's already been said in this series. The Lord is spirit. In other words, Father, Son, and Spirit are the same level of people. They aren't different levels. There isn't one that's more important than another. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there is the Holy Spirit. The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 1 Corinthians 13 is a passage that we'll come on to in a few weeks, and it talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But what it says in verse 12 is this, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. And in a mirror in those days was a dirty, polished piece of metal. It wasn't a very good reflection. You could just about see yourself in it. In some versions, translations of the Bible, it says, in a foggy mirror, in a, in a scratched mirror. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. 
Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. In other words, we're not going to see it completely at the moment. But you know what? We can see glimpses of God's glory if the veil is lifted. If we turn to Jesus, we can see glimpses of who he is. You can see glimpses of his glory, of his love, of his provision, of his joy, of his grace, of his freedom. But it's got to be turning to him. Do you know, we've visited many people in prison. And although there are elements of prison life that are okay, you know, if I said to you what elements of prison life are okay, you might say, well, you get meals, three meals a day. You get a roof over your head. You get security to some extent. Depends which prison you're in. You get a bed to sleep on. You get work to do. You get a routine. But you know, when we visited people in prison, the biggest issue was things like, I can't just walk down the street and buy a newspaper. I can't leave my room whenever I want to. I'm trapped. It might seem okay and a bit cushy in some ways, but the biggest issue is the lack of freedom. Do you know, when we keep a veil over our hearts, we're actually keeping ourselves in chains. A bit like Scrooge in that story. He was building chains around his life and he just couldn't work out how to get out of them. Not, you know, not being able to go down the street, not choosing when to eat, not choosing when they could exercise, not choosing when they sleep. The fear of some of the others that are there alongside you, there's a scary thought about being in prison. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Holy Spirit, there is freedom. You know, you might not believe you're trapped today, but the God says... We were designed to live life to the full. We were designed to move forward. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So therefore, if we are filled with his Spirit, there is freedom. But it's not freedom to go back and repeat the same mistakes again and again, but freedom to move forward, freedom to live life for real. Do you know, those chains that Scrooge saw in his life, they led to a change and a lifting of his whole character. They led to a transformation he didn't want to go back to the life that he thought was everything at the time. What did he do? What was his first words on that morning? He woke up as he leant out of the window. He says, you boy, what day is it? It's Christmas Day. And he suddenly realized he still had time. He still had time. Do you know this morning, every single one of us sat in this room or watching on the live stream, you've still got time. You've still got time. You've got time to be transformed. And how does the Bible tell me we are transformed? How do we find freedom? By the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what it says. It's simple. But we have to accept it. We have to lift the veil and he'll remove it. Final point. It says this. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate this word. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate as we look into the glory of God, which comes from the Holy Spirit, then we are transformed, being transformed. Do you know, when it says contemplate, it means behold. It means to look intently. It doesn't mean a quick glance. Some of us, when we come into church, it's a quick glance at what God has got for us, and then we go. Sometimes it might be Easter, it might be Christmas, it might be a christening, it might be a wedding, it might be a dedication. Well, that says contemplate, behold, look intently. The word is gaze. It means to keep staring at, to keep staring at. If we contemplate the glory of God by the Holy Spirit, then we are being transformed, ongoing. 
So today, you can turn to him and he'll remove the veil. Today, he'll bring freedom into your life. Today, he'll transform you as you are being transformed. So let me finish by saying this. What barriers are there that we've built to stop God breaking through? What barriers in our life are there that stop us from experiencing the wholeness of who he is? These verses say it's a barrier on our eyes, it's a barrier on our heart. Well, how do we remove that barrier? First of all, we say, thanks Jesus for dying for me. Secondly, we say, Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, strengthen me, so that we can move forwards. Do you know, the promise of God is when everyone turns to the Lord, he will remove the barrier. He will remove the barrier from our hearts and our eyes. And he says there is freedom. What does freedom mean? Freedom from chains of addiction. Freedom from poverty of spirit. Freedom from lies that say you're useless, you're no good, you'll never make amount to anything. Freedom from the chains of the past. Freedom from the lifestyles that you've lived. Freedom from all of the things that have been spoken over you that aren't true. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do we want to be free this morning? I do. The only way for freedom, true freedom, the Bible tells me is through the Spirit of the Lord because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Without the Spirit of the Lord, it's the Spirit of this world. The Spirit of the Lord brings freedom. Why? Because God is powerful. He is great. Why? Because Jesus loved so much that he died for us. We've celebrated two young lives this morning in this place and we've asked parents to say, will they bring them up? to know Jesus. This morning we say, yes. We say we will. That opportunity is open for you. As Scrooge said, what day is it? He still had time. This morning you still have time to say yes to Jesus. To say thank you for what he did and to say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Today's not Christmas Day, but maybe it's a day to choose life. Maybe it's a day to tear down some barriers. And do you know the only person who can do that? It's the Holy Spirit. So we're going to worship some more as we finish, as we come to a close. But we have a prayer team this morning who, who will pray with you. And if this morning you want to, to say yes to Jesus, if you want to go, if maybe you're a Christian this morning and you've started to put that veil back on your heart, maybe this morning you've never recognised the fact that sometimes... We've put so many barriers in place that we won't see the truth of God. A bit like Francis with the aftershaves. We can put a barrier in place that stops us from seeing what's right and what's wrong. Today, seize the day. Take the chance and say, God, fill me afresh. So the prayer team will be at the back today. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, then this morning you can be. Let's worship as we close. Thank you.